Welcome back. It's episode 20. We are coming up upon football season this year. We are pretty much as far away as it gets from, from basketball, and we are in the middle of baseball season. So we have a, a couple things to talk about. We're going to quickly touch on baseball. We'll get around to the moment you've all been waiting for, which is our fantasy booms and busts. Um, so so hold off on your drafts until you listen to this. I know you have been already. So um, uh, it's time It's time to get into it. We're going to talk. We're going to start off with a little, little bit of all. Ryan is, at this point, I believe, completely checked out from the MLB. Mm-hmm. Although we did go see a baseball game last weekend. Um, we watched the San Francisco Giants. We watched Barry Bonds come out before the game, which is very cool. A very cool uh, a legacy moment for the 90s uh, San Francisco Giants. And the Giants right now are in a, a little bit of a tough spot. Um, the National League wild card has gotten very congested. I believe now they stand one and a half games above the last wild card spot. Um, but there's a lot of teams that are surging in the NL, that being the Chicago Cubs, the Cincinnati Reds, the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, Marlins. And that's just a few. The Marlins are, are doing very well. The D-backs are picking it back up. Um, there's a lot of teams right now that are, are fighting for these three spots, and the Giants are sort of slumping. Uh, we watched the Giants lose to the Texas Rangers. I think it was 6-1 to one or 2. Um, I think it was 6-2. I, like, I think it was like 9-2. to two. You know, I, I forgot about those last three runs. I just yeah. like, it, 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 they didn't matter. They didn't matter. They, did, they didn't matter. That it felt like the game was over when it was six to one. Yeah, and it really was. Um, so so we've been losing a little bit and kind of slumping off. I think we're only six games above five hundred now, uh, and we'd really like to keep that that going. Um, another piece of baseball news that shocked the world. I'm sure you've heard it by now. Uh, Wander Franco, Wander Franco of the Tampa Bay Rays. He was dating, allegedly, allegedly, he was dating a 14-year-old girl. And this is not a joke when I say this. This is not a joke. This is serious. The Tampa Bay Rays, about two days after the scandal comes out, they have a Wander Franco baseball cap giveaway for children ages 14 and under. That's, that's not a joke. That's terrible. That is. This is the first time hearing of this. I, you, I, I had not. I had not stumbled across this in social media. You did not bring this up in our in our in our pre-recording meeting. <laughs> that is. That, I am. I am completely surprised by this news, and that's that's awful. That's awful. That's, it's the truth, and I thought it was fake too. No, turns out it's real. <laughs> that actually happened. That's that's so down. messed up. <laughs> And, you know, I'm sure they had planned it out like months in advance being like, okay, we're going to do all these promotions. At this point, we'll do a Wander Franco. And the timing was just, it's just so bad. That, and uh, that's like, that's like divine intervention. Like that, that is proof of a higher being. Yeah. Nothing, nothing to, you know, the situation is obviously really terrible. And, you know, if, if it's true, then it's, it's really, really bad. And and the guy should never play in the MLB again, in my opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. But there have been some, some pretty funny memes uh coming out about the wander franco situation the one i'm not sure if you've seen it but it's like when wander franco tell is told that he's being sent down to the sent minors to the minors yeah and then it's like yeah. the patrick beverly you know yeah, celebrating yeah. celebrating the uh the play and win to uh i'm the man by aloe black yeah. classic just a classic yeah. Um, yeah so so the situation it's not a light situation but people have been taking it lightheartedly um the, i think the first time that i heard about it was actually through a meme 
on Twitter. I'm like, huh, what, what does this mean? Mean, you know, why, yeah. why, why are they talking about Wander Franco and, and, and children? Um, but you know, it turns out he might be a, a pedophile. So yeah, uh, well, not um, good for Wander Franco, not good for yeah. the MLB, not good for the Rays, not a good, not good for the Rays. And and not good for Justin Coburn, who has him on his fantasy team. Um, True. And his fantasy baseball team is in first place. Um, I, in terms of points scored, I'm right there with him. Um, and I think I'm a game above 500 right now. About to be two games above 500 if I can hold on this week. Um, but this uh, this Wander Franco situation might be what my team needs to get to get uh, past Coburn's come come playoff time. Um, personally, I would never draft a pedophile to my team. And I think that anyone who did should have their wins redacted. This, um, this raises a lot of questions about Justin Coburn and, and the, uh, the the legitimacy of, of his team. (laughs) It does. I mean, how can you not look into something like that? Right. Yeah. The fact that Coburn hasn't dropped him yet tells you a lot about him. It does. It absolutely Um, does. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think, uh, uh, I, I can't, I can't get over that promotion. Um, that's hilarious. Like, I'm sure those those hats probably cost less than two dollars to make in whatever sweatshop they made them in. So just hold on to them, you know, hold on to them until this thing blows over. Or if you need to or if you need to donate them to donate them to, you know, a third world country, just do that. Don't don't give them away. Don't give them away. You know, you're you're probably (laughs) right that they planned this month in advance. I don't think that they planned this after the news of Walter Franco dating a 14 year old broke. Um, my guess is that they planned it before the news broke. Um, but if you're the Rays, it's, it's not, you know, you're not eating that much by, by keeping, by keeping it. Maybe they're thinking like, oh, I see Wander all the time. You know, he's always for the kids. He's got kids over all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> we should totally great do with like kids. A, a children's giveaway. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're gonna yeah. Love it. yeah. I know. Um, yeah. Other than that, you know. My uh my new my new favorite baseball team is my fantasy team. Um, after watching the A's blow a what was it a, a five run lead in the in the I think ninth it was inning. six. It was tough, man. But who's counting? <laughs> um, it's gone. After watching that, that was that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, of my MLB fandom, you know, I've, as as I've said on previous episodes, I'm still a baseball fan, just not an MLB fan. Um, and a, as an A's fan, I need to do a lot of fantasizing. Um, to make baseball bearable. Uh, so luckily, luckily, my fantasy baseball team is is having better better sledding than the A's. Speaking of fantasy, if you want to do this next, we can move into our fantasy booms and busts for the upcoming fantasy football season. We have prepared uh, three positions, quarterback, wide receiver and running back. Each of us have uh, at least one boom and bust we want to let you know how we're feeling going into the fantasy season we're both in one league together this year um we've been in many leagues together uh previously uh, r.i.p um, r.i.p fantasy these nuts fantasy these nuts that was a that was a great league uh probably not going to happen again this year yeah um but anyway we are we're very knowledgeable and probably 100 correct so if you're gonna want to you're gonna draft these booms you are not gonna want to draft these busts ryan if you want to start um, we can start with the quarterback position. Well, yeah, yeah. Before we get going, I just want to say, you know, there's, you know, a lot of, you know, re- more than enough resources for people to prepare for a draft and, you know, prepare for fantasy football season, what players to get, when to get them, who to, who you want to reach for, who you want to avoid. 
you know, how to strategize a draft. All of it's wrong. This is the only thing that matters. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tell you the players that you know we expect to exceed projections and fall fall short of projections. So as Lucas mentioned, um, we'll start with quarterback first. And the quarterback uh I've picked out who I expect to fall short of his projections is Jalen Hurts. I think um and I I want I want to preface this, you know, this is not, you know, I feel like uh I feel like Jalen Hurts is kind of the athlete where like if you hate on him. You know, it's like, oh, screw you, man. You know, like, don't hate on yeah. this guy. He's a he's a baller. Like, I feel I feel like this is an unpopular opinion. So I do want to I do want to preface this. I still think Jalen Hurts is going to be a top ten quarterback. I still think he's good, but I I don't expect him to. You know, I feel like I feel like people are expecting him to improve upon what he did last year. I don't think that's very realistic. I think I think everything about that Eagles season last year, honestly, was like everything went right. Everything was best case scenario. And the football gods, they love to make everything go wrong the season after everything goes right. Um, and I think defenses are going to be a little bit more prepared to scheme against Jalen Hurts. Um, I don't think that that offense can be as electric as it was last year. I think Jalen Hurts, you know, I just think whatever I, I think, I think Philly and Hurts relied on just a little bit of magic last year uh, to do what they did. Um, I just don't think what they did last year was very sustainable. Um, so I think he's going to take a step back this year. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to fall apart, um, but I do I do think Jalen Hurts, I don't think he's going to, um, I certainly don't think he's going to exceed what he did last year. I don't think he's going to reach that level either. I still think he'll be good, you know, top five, top 10 caliber, but I don't expect Jalen Hurts to be as electric as he was last year. And we've seen it before, you know, we've seen it before with Lamar Jackson, you know, the first full season he had of running an offense, he was lights out and nobody knew what to do with him. Um, and then the next season, you know, part part of his ineffectiveness was injury. But injury aside, he was still good, but not as not as great because defenses were a little bit more prepared against him. I think you're right. There's a lot of uh, planning that goes into playing a team. You know, towards the end of the last season, obviously Jalen was still killing it. Um, but a team, it's 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 very hard to like reach a Super Bowl twice. You know, generally when you have a, an amazing season, it, you're gonna probably regress towards the mean. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't well think said. they're in as good of a situation as they were last year. It's not terrible, but you know, you, you keep Jason Kelsey and all that. Um, but you know, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, which is that he's probably not going to do better than, uh, last year. Um, I'm not going to say he's a bust. I still think in my opinion, he's probably the third best quarterback to go in the draft. Um, but I see where you're coming from here. Uh, yeah. my bust, however, I think is less of an uncommon take. People are probably uh, at least maybe wanting this guy to be a bust. And I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Uh -huh. Aaron Rodgers goes to a new team, the New York Jets. And now all of a sudden there's a completely different um, atmosphere. And, and people, people, people's thoughts about Aaron Rodgers have changed. Last year, it was kind of, oh, you know what? You really shouldn't draft Aaron Rodgers in fantasy anymore. He's too old. The offense just doesn't work as well as it used to. And he just doesn't put up those numbers. And it's true. You, you look back last year and the year before then, if you were a player who drafted Aaron Rodgers, your team who drafted Aaron Rodgers to your fantasy team, he was pretty underwhelming. He would end up around, you know, the 15th best quarterback in fantasy, which is not terrible. But, you know, if you're in an eight-man league, it's definitely not what you want to be at. So this year, I'm just not buying the new hype that is around the New York Jets. They're a better team than the Packers were. 
but Aaron Rodgers is a year older. Aaron Rodgers is going to turn 40 this year. And a 40-year-old quarterback, it's probably not a top 10 quarterback, in my opinion, at least from a fantasy standpoint. Tom Brady, Tom Brady played many years over the age of 40, and he was always good. But he was never a top five fantasy quarterback. Tom um, Brady was never a fantasy god. I the his second to last season, um, he he was a fantasy god. Um, and I know that because last season I drafted him, expecting him to be a fantasy god like the year he was before, and he fell apart. Well, that's what I'm expecting most people are going to do with Aaron Rodgers this year. Uh, I think it's just a year delay. That's that's the always been what it is. You know, and, and and we saw what happened with Brett Favre, right? Brett Favre, he got old, he went to the Jets, he sucked. I'm just I'm just not buying this. You'll see with my later uh wide receiver bust as well, but I'm I'm really just not on board with this Jets team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um my I think for me on the Jets, the jury's still out, but I'm leaning towards I think they're a little bit overhyped and overrated. I think they'll be good, but I don't think that they're gonna be as good as people expect slash want them to be and especially too they're in a really tough division you know the bills you know they're still the bills you know they'll, they'll fall apart in the playoffs but they're going to win 13 games um and the dolphins are good if the dolphins stay healthy they're a really good team um and the patriots they, Meh. yeah they're the patriots but still, Bill yeah yes yes they're their best players their coach um but still the 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 jets play in a really difficult division um, and they've, they've got a shot. I think they've got a shot, but the way, the way that they're like, the way that some people are treating this team as a team that's like gearing up for the Super Bowl, I, I, I do agree that, that, uh, the horses need to be held on that. Yep. Okay. So for my, for my boom quarterback, for my quarterback that I expect to exceed expectations is Brock Purdy. And I think, um, a lot, the, the way a lot of people feel about Brock Purdy is, yeah, he'll be a good real life quarterback, but I don't, you know, People aren't expecting him to put up the numbers to be successful in fantasy. Um, and here's here's why I disagree with that. Brock Purdy is an incredible quarterback on third down and in the red zone. You know, that's something that Jimmy G was never good at. You know, when when we were playing with Jimmy G and it's it's third down or a tough, you know, like, you know, we're, we're running out of open field in the red zone. And, you know, it's like, oh, fuck, Jimmy G's got it like. He's got to step up and make a throw here. I don't like that. Yep. But with Brock Purdy, you expect him to make uh, to step up and make the big throw. And even though the offense isn't very quarterback centric, it won't be very Brock Purdy centric. I think with how good Brock Purdy is at extending an offense's uh, lifespan and ex or life cycle and extending drives, you know, converting on third downs, converting in the red zone, as I as I said, he's just inevitably going to get opportunities. Um, to rack up fantasy points and and you know we, we were talking you know before we started recording i do agree that you know for a boom his ceiling's not super high but i think brock purdy's floor is really really high just because of how good he is at extending drives um and you know just giving himself a lot of opportunities to rack up fantasy points so that's why i'm you big know, on brock purdy this year I think you're right when you say in, in that way that, you know, it's it's a high floor for Brock and people are probably not drafting him uh, according to that floor. They're probably drafting him to, you know, oh, he was the last pick in the draft last year still. 
and he played really well, but it's a really good team. So they're not going to draft him because he's in their mind, not the most talented quarterback. I, I see him probably going undrafted in most leagues, but if you did want a solid backup quarterback or a quarterback who, you know, say you don't really draft one until later and you're like, you know, I need a guy who's going to be, who's going to give me 15 points a game guaranteed. You mm-hmm. know, I think Purdy's probably going to be that guy yeah. for you. He, and he, and he takes care of the ball. Bit, he takes care of the ball, which is huge. Yes. And what's a little bit better about him compared to Jimmy G and other 49ers quarterbacks is that he does have that potential to make a deep throw to score a touchdown on a play that probably would have normally been a field goal. Um, yeah. So, so, so yeah, I, I like, I like what you're saying here. I'm not drafting him in any round higher than probably 10, you know, yeah. well, but and, and he, here's, here's that, the thing. A lot of, you know, no matter how many people are in your league, you know, if there are X teams in your league, I don't think Brock Purdy is a top X quarterback um, in the league, but I think he is a, I think he is a, you know, high upside backup and, you know, worst case scenario with Brock Purdy is when your QB one is on a buy, you can put him in your lineup and feel safe and feel comfortable and know you're going to get between 15 and 20 points. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Which is, which is what you want out of a backup quarterback in fantasy. Absolutely. Um, My boom quarterback this year is someone who you mentioned before it's lamar jackson baby i see lamar lamar as potentially going up into that top three quarterback uh fantasy tier this year lamar back i think i think lamar's back baby i mean you know that they finally figured out the contract situation uh he's finally happy he's healthy and we're going into a potential full year of big trust and big trust (laughs) you know I'm I'm just really excited. I also really like the, the rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers. Um, he what do you go to college? At, I don't remember, uh, but I've seen but some clips of him. I'm very excited about him because I saw some clips of him in training camp, and he looks like a fucking beast. So I'm like, they have OBJ hey. too, and they have OBJ. If you have these wide receiver uh, weapons that he's really never had, Lamar Jackson combined with his incredible running ability an ability to score touchdowns from the quarterback position that to me is combining for a potential number one quarterback uh fantasy ranking so so i can i can see lamar lamar's right now i think he's ranked about fifth in quarterbacks maybe sixth um he's someone who's on my list i'm gonna want to have him because he can be winning my league if he performs at his best um you know there's probably a downside which is that you know, maybe he doesn't throw the ball as well as we're expecting. Maybe he can't run as well as we're expecting because of previous injuries and defense's game planning for that. Um, so that could be a reality. But I trust in Lamar. I think Lamar is still capable of being a MVP caliber player. He's very young still. Um, and I'm really excited for this season. Yeah. In, in Lamar, we trust. I had Lamar uh, three years in a row. Um, the first year I had him was my senior year, which was when he won league MVP. Um, and then I, I got him again, uh, freshman year of college, sophomore year of college. Uh, last year was my first year without Lamar. Um, and I, I don't, you know, if, if he's on the board and he's the best quarterback available and I need a quarterback, I'll take him and not have a problem with it, but I'm, I'm not going to reach for Lamar, but I don't not like the pick. For sure. All right. Let's get into running backs. Lucas, I'll let you take the lead this time. Who is a running back that you have your eye on for better or for worse? My boom running back this year. Also not, you know, not a crazy sleeper. Um, 
my boom running back this year is Nick Chubb. And uh, last year, last year, Nick Chubb played great. He's been playing great pretty much his whole career. And people continue to sleep on him, not rank him in the top three of these running backs. He's not generally going at the top of most drafts. He'll fall to the end of the first round. He might be a top of the second round type of player. But this year, Kareem Hunt is gone. And that offense, I still think, is a running offense. When you have a player that's as electric as Nick Chubb is, um, you got to give him the ball. And I think there's no reality where that offense doesn't feed Nick Chubb the ball, especially without Kareem Hunt. Um, I think there's more more touchdowns for him now than there were last year. And I think I think there's a very low downside. He's just an elite athlete. I see. Um I'm I'm a little I'm a little all over the place with uh with how I feel about that pick. I I I will say this. I I also disagree with the Nick Chubb hate. Every year people are like, "All right, this is the year that Nick Chubb falls off. He's got nothing left in the tank. He's not going to be able to replicate what he did last year." And that, you know, and it it, it ends up not being that that year. And I don't think it's going to be this year either. I do agree with you on that. Um I just don't like but I, I don't like labeling Nick Chubb as a boom because he's already good. Um, right, and, right, and, right. I, and I and I don't I don't like, and because he's not a receiving back, I don't see him breaking the ceiling into the the S tier of running backs. I think he is a great A tier running back, but considering how good he is, like he's going to need to break into the S tier to be considered a boom, and I don't think he's going to do that because he's not a receiving back. And although although Cream Hunt is gone. Cream Hunt barely ran the ball. Um, he was a receiving back, and his departure, I don't think, changes Nick Chubb's uh, role in the offense very much, if at all. Because um, if if Nick Chubb if Nick Chubb was a good receiving back, they would have they wouldn't have gotten Cream Hunt in the first place. They would have gotten rid of him a while ago, and Nick Chubb would have already been involved in the pass game. I don't expect you know maybe he's involved in the pass game a little bit more, but it's it's going to be negligible. And in, in my in my opinion, um, I don't think Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is at a ceiling considering the type of running back that he is. And I, I don't expect him to fall short. You know, every year, you know, it's like both both in fantasy and in real life, you know, running backs get get hate, you know, for being, you know, if if they're not pass catching backs because it's like, oh, they're going to get hurt. Their production is going to drop off. They have nothing left in the tank. And, you know, we talked about this before the episode we, we recorded the episode. But, you know, Nick Chubb himself said, you know, like you know, running backs are the only position group where your production actually hurts you in terms of your, you know, your, your contract value and maybe how you're perceived in fantasy as well. You know, not, not that running backs care. Running backs probably care a lot more about their contract situation than where fantasy owners are drafting them. But um, uh, because Nick, Nick Chubb said, you know, if a running back rushes for 2000 yards, people don't see that as, oh, he's a good running back. People see that as, oh, he spent everything he has on the tank or in the tank. He's not going to have anything left in the tank. He's not going to be able to replicate that. He has too much wear and tear. You know, he's too used. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's what that's partially why ESPN has him as low as they do. I think it's that combined with his lack of lack of role in the pass game. Um, so I, I I do agree with you on the front that Nick Chubb is a great running back. And I do think he gets shaded too much. But I don't agree with you that he could be a boom because he needs to change his game in order to break the ceiling into the next tier. Honestly, Ryan, I think you completely convinced me there. I'm not gonna lie. My that my opinion was not super strong. This is probably the, the weakest um of my of my picks in terms of how I actually felt about that. 
Uh, and I think you're totally right. Like that is so gratifying. That is so gratifying. If he's not catching the football, there are going to be three running backs who are catching the football, who are scoring touchdowns, who are probably going to be better than him. He probably doesn't have that number one overall running back ceiling. Um, but again, he has a, has an immaculate floor. So let's say maybe he's not a boom. Maybe he's just a, go ahead and take Nick Chubb. Yes, I, I do. I, yeah, I do think, you know, in, in the sense that you want to draft him higher than his ADP or his ESPN <laughs> projection. If, if that's how you define a boom, you know, someone you want to draft higher than where he's slated, he could be that, but I don't see him, you know, surpassing uh, anything he's done in the past, um, unless you play in a non PPR league. If you play non PPR, uh, Nick Chubb is a top five running back, if not top three. All right. So after after a a, a brief uh, unstable internet hiatus, we're back. Um, I think I think we got to a good stopping point with Nick Chubb. Everything I think we both had to say about him, uh, we got on record. So my uh, boom running back is going to be DeAndre Swift. Um, I think he was really good last year um, until he got hurt. Um, and then even when you know he came back from being hurt, he was still really, really effective um, and efficient. Um, his volume just dropped off a lot, probably in part uh, you know, because of his health, but also because Jamal Williams was so good. Um, but you know, both Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift have left Detroit. Uh, DeAndre Swift is now in Philadelphia. Um, and he is the running back one in Philadelphia. Um, I remember, you know, Philadelphia's running back two. He's not a nobody, um, but I'm not, I'm not sold on him. Let me find out who it is really quick. Pro team, Philadelphia Eagles running back, Rashad Penny. I don't think Rashad Penny is a good enough running back uh, to threaten a deserved RB one. And I think Deandre Swift is a deserved RB one. Um, and if he can stay healthy, I think he will perform well enough to ward off competition from Rashad Penny. And I think he'll, and if he does that, that means he'll be putting up numbers similar to what he did last year when he was healthy in Detroit's RB one. And um, even though, even though I said, you know, 15 minutes ago that uh, I don't expect Philadelphia's offense to be as electric as they were last year, I still expect them to be good. Um, and I think DeAndre Swift is a better running back than Miles Sanders. Um, so if you put a better running back in Philadelphia's offense, um, I expect him to do well. I think I think DeAndre Swift is a good enough running back and in a situation to succeed um, with how good and well-rounded Philly's offense is. So I think DeAndre Swift is someone uh, you're going to want to take earlier than most people are taking. Yeah, Miles Sanders last year ended up being a pretty solid pick. And that was really only because that offense was scoring just – so many touchdowns so you know him him as a player was never anything special in my opinion <laughs> uh, sorry um uh but deandre swift is a very talented running back i think you're right that if you put a talented running back in a good situation he's likely to score a lot of points so yep. uh, i and, I'm, and people, haven't, with you people there. haven't realized that yet and yeah he's he's ranked pretty low so um you know i i again i don't think that he's a uh, a league winner type of player but he is a probably a very solid a solid pick in my opinion yeah, yeah. Um, well and and ha- with how late you, you know hopefully how late you'll be able to get him um how late you're supposed to be able to get him i should say he's well worth it and i think he'd be worth getting earlier and if he's your running back too i think you're in a good spot 
I think you're right. I think you're right. If him, if he's a running back too, he's a good running back too to have. I think he's yeah. a he's an upper tier running back too. Yeah. Um, my bust running back for this year is going to be Aaron Jones. Um, ESPN has Aaron Jones ranked right now about 11 or 12, um, depending on where you're looking at it, at, at the running back position. And Aaron Jones, I think this offense is very, very slow now. You know, it's it's there's not many good pieces on it. You got Christian Watson. You got, you know, you got Jordan Love, who's the quarterback who I don't fully believe in. Um, and Aaron Jones is getting a lot older, too. He's 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 been around for a while at this point. And if you look at A.J. Dillon, who's been the number two running back there for a, a long time, he's currently in a contract year. He's going to be looking to excel. He's younger. He's stronger, in my opinion. And he's he's sort of been on that on that path to eventually take that running back one spot from Aaron Jones. And this year, I just see number 12 as like a total overdraft for Aaron Jones. He might end up not being the best running back on his team. And his team is probably not going to be a top 25 scoring offense. So I think this is a total bust in my opinion. If you're the guy who gets screwed over and you pick Aaron Jones as your running back two, um, I think you're absolutely regret it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I had Aaron Jones, you know, he's been on, he's been on a little bit of a, you know, I feel like putting it nicely, uh, he's plateaued a little bit the past couple of years. And I think if you want to be brutally honest, you're within your right to say he's been declining a little bit. Um, just because if if you're a running back who's not over 30, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Um, and that's how I feel about Aaron Jones. There are some games where he goes completely missing. Um, and last, you know, over the past two years, I think his uh, efficiency has really dropped off. Um, and the fact that uh, Green Bay has kept this running back tandem between uh, Jones and Dylan around for so long makes me think that they believe that they're you know preparing for Dylan to take over Jones. And this could be the year where that happens. This could be the year where Jones just falls apart. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of labeling Aaron Jones as a bust. And then with that being said, AJ Dylan could be a good late run pick. If you're looking at, at someone to take, you know, maybe that ends up happening where Aaron Jones just, you know, isn't producing at the right level and, and green Bay decides to start doing like a, a one, two running back situation rather than like a one, a one B and have Aaron, have AJ Dillon be that guy. So uh, you might want to look at AJ Dillon. Yep. Yeah. I, I think out of all the uh, second string running backs in the league, AJ Dillon is probably top three. He used to be Tony Pollard, but now that baby's number one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. My running back that is a bust is Bijan Robinson. Um, I just see, I, I see some s- more than some, not all of them, but a lot of mock drafts have Bijan Robinson as a first round running back. And I'm just like, what in the f- fuck is going on here? Like, I think, B- you know, for rookie, as far as rookie running backs go, I think Bijan Robinson is fine. I think he's solid. But since when did we start drafting rookie running backs in the first round? And it's like there have been better running back prospects in this league who we don't draft in the first round of fantasy football. I just don't understand what Bijan Robinson has done to be anointed as the, the Messiah of rookie running backs. What is Bijan? What has Bijan Robinson done to warrant being a rookie running back drafted in, in the first round? And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm sort of defining bust as someone who's going to 
fall short of expectation or fall short of where he's, you know, his, his average draft position. And so I'm not saying Bijan Robinson is going to be a bad NFL player, but considering where he's supposed to be drafted and where you're going to have to draft him, he's nowhere near worth that. Nowhere. And because, you know, like we, we've seen better running back prospects enter this league over the past that, that are still in this league. Um, and I just the the amount of fantasy hype that Bijan Robinson has received without really having done anything to warrant it in my mind when there have been better running back prospects who haven't gotten this same sort of treatment. I just don't understand um, why why everyone's so high on Bijan Robinson. I I think something he has going for him is there's not much competition in his backfield or in his entire offense at all for that matter. You know the offense could be run through Bijan Robinson. I still don't think he's going to be as good as his fantasy wise as his uh, ADP uh, expects him to be. Well, Bijan, Bijan was a beast in college. You know, everyone, he everyone knows that he could. Pe- he's he's no, he's no Blake. Run. He's no Blake Corum or Zach Charbonnet. I think he actually was, <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he, he was definitely the best running back in, in college football. And, uh, you know, that's sort of what people are expecting him to do at the NFL level is like continue catching passes and, and running for touchdowns and, and making these crazy plays. But I agree with, you know, Bijan, he's kind of going as like a top five running back right now yeah. in fantasy. Like, and that to me is his ceiling. Like that's like, if everything works out, he's catching passes, scoring touchdowns. He's the RB one and he's killing it. Then he, he will be a top five fantasy running back. But there's also that other side of it where, you know, maybe the NFL is just a, is a different game, which is true. It is a different game. And he might not succeed to the same level at, that he did when he was playing at Texas, being the best player on the field. Um, we saw we saw with, with Clyde Edwards-Elaire, he got drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. And in his fantasy draft, I think it was his rookie year, he was sort of in the same situation where he was going as a top five running back generally going in the first round and what happened to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Where is he? I don't even know where he is right now. I think, um, I think he's not this, signed. Yeah. There's just a reality where, where this can happen to, to players. It happens all the time. Um, so for that high, high, high draft pick, he's probably not the safest bet and not someone who I would like to be drafting. Yeah. Um, I, my memory serves me a little bit different when, when I, I recall, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Clyde Edward Edwards Hilaire's um, ADP when he was a rookie. I, I don't seem to remember him being on, on the Bijan level, um, but the point still stands. Um, and also, too, you got you got to look <laughs> at the situation that they're being both put in. You know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was drafted by the reigning Super Bowl champions. Bijan is being drafted by a. Atlanta Falcons offense that has nothing going for him. And the last time the Falcons drafted a, a rookie who they wanted to be a game changer and run their offense through his name was Kyle Pitts. Yep. He hasn't done that. Um, yep. And I, I really think the only position in the NFL where you can have one player and just have him totally change, you know, one, one side of the ball, I think it's a quarterback. I don't think a running back can do that for a team in the same way a tight end can't. So I'm, I'm not saying it's, you know, Kyle Pitts fault, that he hasn't been able to revolutionize um, Atlanta's offense. I just don't think that's what tight ends are meant to do. Um, and I don't think running backs are meant to do that either. I think the only only position that can revolutionize an offense the way that they expected Kyle Pitts to revolutionize an offense, the way that they're expecting Bijan uh, to revolutionize an offense, I think only a quarterback can do that. Um, 
So that's uh, that's why, you know, this isn't me, you know, ill-willing Bijan Robinson, but I just, you know, and I don't think he's a bad football player, but I just don't understand what he's done to warrant being, you know, like, like he, yeah, he's, he's like supposed to be better than Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. Yep. Like, what, what on earth? Um, yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, those guys get 200 yards a game and two touchdowns. Yes, I don't get it. Um, shall we? Shall we move on the wide receivers? Have Have you gotten your two off? I've gotten my two off. I think we're ready to go. Cool. Uh, one wide receiver. This for me. This is um similar to how you felt about Nick Chubb. You know, he's your least confident boom pick. My wide receiver is my least confident boom pick. But the one I settled on is Chris Olave because I think you know he is going to improve. A because um, he's young and we expect young players to improve and B he was able to put up good production, you know, bouncing between Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. Now he has Derek Carr, who I think is, I think is good. I think he's underrated and underappreciated. I think Derek Carr is a not great, but good quarterback. And he's certainly an improvement for Chris Olave. So as Chris Olave just naturally develops as a player. And now that he has a better quarterback, I expect him to do big things this year. Yeah, I see what you're what you're saying there. Um, sort of in the same way that what you talked about, Nick Chubb, though, Chris Olave is slotted uh, around that 10 to 15 uh, wide receiver range. And to me, I think that that's it was pretty high. Yeah, and I did and not. I'm seeing then maybe then maybe maybe I should. Uh, had I known that I might have I might have taken a different pick. I thought Olave was was a little bit. Is he above Debo? Yes, he is. OK, above then Debo. Then Debo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Debo. I mean, Debo is being slotted like so low. Is Debo um, your he's pick? Below Keenan Allen. He's not my pick. He's not my pick. Okay, but then, then my then my him, pick is Debo. All right. Yeah, I, I saw him below Keenan Allen, and, and that to me was like, bro, like you're really gonna put Debo Samuel below Keenan Allen. Yeah, this guy, that, that's like, crazy. Yeah, Debo is actually a very, very, very good, yeah. good well, running back slash wide receiver. Right. Get, well, and this is this is coming from a Cal fan, so he should he should be very uh, Keenan well, Allen feel like. But he's old. Yeah. Kenny Allen's old. Well, and he and he was he was hurt the whole year last year. Yeah, and he's gonna get hurt again. He's not. Yeah. He's just not that fast. Like I, I watched him play. He's like this guy is not very fast. He doesn't catch the ball great. It's like at this point in his career, he's not an elite wide receiver. There was a time for a long time where he was, and I love him. But if you're gonna take, you're gonna tell, ask me right now, who's better for fantasy? Who's better in real life? Either Debo Samuel or yeah, it's Debo Keenan. I'm like it's Debo. Yeah, come on. All right. All right. Anyways, let the record state. Um, my pick is now Debo. Um, and I think anyone with half I, I don't need I don't need I don't need to talk for this one. I think anyone with half a brain uh should know that 19 is disrespectful to Debo. Yep. Hell yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, my my boom pick, I have two. I have two boom picks. Um, I'm very excited about these two boom picks. That's against the rules. The you same. can't do that. They both have the same last name, <laughs> So I guess it's kind of one. Uh, my two booms are DJ Moore and Elijah Moore, um, two players in two different situations playing for two different teams. But um, I really like both of them. DJ Moore is slotted a lot higher than Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is sort of a very late round pick um, that I like. But let's talk about DJ Moore first. DJ Moore comes to Chicago in a trade for the first overall pick um, from the Panthers. And now he is in a situation where he is the clear number one wide receiver to a quarterback that is absolutely ascending in Justin Fields. Uh, I think that DJ Moore has lots of speed um, and, and, and Justin Fields has a big arm. 
So to me, that that means deep throws. If you can get a lot of deep throws to DJ Moore, that was sort of where he excelled last year in fantasy. And I think it's going to be on another level this year. Um, I, I like his, I just think that his quarterback position is improving and people are sort of forgetting about DJ Moore. They see the bears, they see, you know, this unproven team that generally doesn't really score a lot of points. And they see DJ Moore, who's not this, you know, he's not like, oh, DeAndre Hopkins went over there or something like that. Um, and they're just kind of sort of forgetting about him. I, I, that's why I think he's a sleeper. He's sitting around, I think it's 25 to 30 on the fantasy wide receiver rankings. And I could see him finishing a lot higher than that. Yeah, I, I, I love the DJ Moore pick too. I, I was really thinking about him. Um, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think this reflects almost uh, better, maybe even better uh, for Justin Fields because he was a quarterback who found a way to get it done with absolutely no weapons last year. Um, and now he has a weapon. Um, and pr- like, I don't think DJ Moore is so old to the point where they can't get the best out of him. Um, I think the reason he was declining um, over the, you know, he, he peaked maybe two or three years ago. And the reason he's declined since then, I don't think that's his fault. I think that's the situation he was in's fault. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's just a, a busted Carolina offense. Um, but DJ Moore is good. And if, if you can get the best out of DJ Moore, he is a great wide receiver and he now has a better quarterback. He maybe he maybe has the best quarterback he's played with in his career. And I don't think he's so far removed from being his best to where he can't get back there. I think you're right. And and my other pick is a little bit of a different situation. It's Elijah Moore, who's now coming into his second year in the NFL. And he third. finds himself on a new team. Third? Are you sure it's third? Yeah, because he was third. he was he was good when he was a rookie. And then his, last year was his second year, and he sort of fell out of favor oh, with the right. offense and 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 was right. like, fuck New York, I'm out of here. Okay, so he's going into his third year, but he's in a new team. He's with Cleveland, um, absolutely playing with the best quarterback of his career. Deshaun Watson. And what I'm sort of expecting for Elijah Moore as this as this sort of long shot pick is that Amari Cooper isn't going to be this elite wide receiver, um, at least from an athleticism standpoint. And what Elijah Moore has is athleticism. You know, maybe he's not as as polished as other players, but I think he has a lot of raw talent. And if if uh, Deshaun Watson is looking for a brand new tool, a brand new piece that he can throw all of his passes to. I feel like Elijah Moore is potentially that guy. So I think that it's probably not a week one situation with Elijah Moore, but as things go along and Deshaun Watson sort of gets solidified into this offense, I'm really banking on the fact that he chooses Elijah Moore to be his favorite target throughout the year. And I can see that happening. And he's ranked, Elijah Moore is ranked around 60 in wide receivers. So that that's why I uh, I like this upside pick. Yeah. Yeah, I I do agree. You know, it's like he is a he's a low risk flyer pick. You know, it's like you'll be able to get him so late to where it's like if it doesn't work out, who cares? But like his he he does have a lot of upside. We've seen him, you know, his rookie year be a very good wide receiver. Um you know, it's it's too bad he doesn't have Mike White throwing to him anymore. I think yeah. there was there was once a time where I was in a in a in a bad I was just in a bad place. Um, I had, I had, uh, I had Mike white and, uh, Elijah, I had the Mike white Elijah oh, Moore stack for my fantasy <laughs> team, but they didn't suck. They were, they were, they were solid. They, they got yeah. it done. Um, and yeah, that's not a situation you want to be in, but like sometimes it happens and it was, it wasn't the reason I lost. Let, let's, let's just put it at that. Um, yeah, my, uh, the wide receiver, I am, 
um betting against what's it called when like remember when like people bet against like game stock and uh fading fading yes um why did you yeah i think if you're you're talking about stocks there's another word for it yeah i I think there's another word for it but yeah yeah, we we yeah we're on the same page um the wide receiver i'm betting against this year is deandre hopkins um he was not good last year um and why i don't expect him to change course on that um I think his uh, quarterback situation got even worse. I think his age has gotten even worse. I think his health has gotten even worse. I think his, I, I just don't, I just don't see a single um, thing about DeAndre Hopkins situation to suggest that he's going to improve uh, on what he did last year and what he did last year wasn't good enough. Um, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins all time is a incredible, fantastic wide receiver. Um, but He's now over 30 um, and he's, you know, it's like he's at the point in his career, like Julio, uh, where he's just your AB after he left Pittsburgh. Um, granted, he's not, you know, psychotic like AB, but, you know, he's at the he's just at that point in a wide receivers life cycle um, where they're just, you know, they're they're coming off injury. They're bouncing around teams. They're old. Um and I, for me, the writing is on the wall for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and I would just, I would avoid him altogether. Yeah, I, I think that I'm totally on, on board with that too. I don't like the, the Titans air game super, uh, yes. super much either. And, yep. and he's ranked above a lot of players who are pretty consistent guys who you think that at least can score you some points. He's ranked above Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, like we just talked about, um, Michael Pittman. Christian Kirk. These are all players that I I see absolutely. I, I you know if I'm just doing my Kirk own. Kirk was great last year. Yeah, Kirk, especially Kirk. You know these guys are going to do a lot better than uh, than um, DeAndre Hopkins. No disrespect to DeAndre Hopkins. He's just it's not the same DeAndre Hopkins. And people, I think there's still a lot of a lot of fantasy owners who see the word DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, they go, oh shit, DeAndre yeah, Hopkins, I think- seventh round. Let's go. Exactly. You're, you're, you're drafting for name. Um, and I think, you know, when you do that, especially at the wide receiver position, it's, it's bad. Um, but yeah, um, you, you still have one more. Oh, yeah. I, share, I can right? give you my, my bust and my bust is similar to my quarterback bust. Um, my bust is Garrett Wilson. Um, Garrett Wilson is being ranked very, very highly on, on ESPN. He's ranked number 12 in wide receivers. And last year he was pretty good. You know, there, there was nothing wrong with him last year, but like I said before, you know, I don't trust a quarterback who's now 40 years old. And I think people are really, really, really banking on the New York jets, just ascending into being this elite tier team and having their offense be really good. Last year, they were good because their defense was good. They had a very, very, very good defense and their offense was just okay enough to win them. However many games that they won. This year, you have a new quarterback. Congratulations. He's a good quarterback. He's not the best quarterback in the league anymore. He's maybe the, the sixth best quarterback in the league. And, and Garrett Wilson, I don't see Garrett Wilson making this huge jump that everyone's expecting him to because, oh, now Aaron Rodgers is throwing him the ball. You still have this a lot of the same pieces last year. Your O-line is not great. Um, I guess you did lose Elijah Moore, which didn't really change much. But you're adding Randall Cobb. You're now adding Dalvin Cook. Um, who's a pass catcher. 
you know, I kind of see these things. No, Brees, out. Brees, I think is a, is a pass catcher, but yeah, Brees know. is a pass catcher too. Dalvin cooked as well, you know, so, so there's, he is, I believe he is, um, at least in screens, he catches screens. Um, okay. but I sort of see these factors weighing out and, and Garrett Wilson performing as good as he did last year, maybe a little bit better. I don't see him making this huge jump and to take him, you know, almost in the top 10 of wide receivers, that is a, uh, a bad move in my opinion. I'll just give you a couple of players who are ranked below Garrett Wilson. Actually, ESPN has him ranked at number 10 overall, right below Amon Ra and AJ Brown. Uh, yeah, that's, that's above, ridiculous. He's ranked above Jalen Waddle, um, DK Metcalf. Like we said before, Debo Samuel, who's way too fucking low. Yeah. Um, you know, these guys I think are all better than Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, I think he's going to be good. Um, I don't, I, I do think he's overrated, but I do expect him to improve because okay. if, if you're, if you're a rookie wide receiver, that's able to put up numbers with, you know, a 60 year old Joe Flacco, Mike White and Zach Wilson, you know, you don't, you don't need prime Aaron Rodgers to improve, you know, a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers is an improvement upon his quarterback situation last year. And the fact that he was able to be, you know, put up put up production with the quarterbacks he had last year, even if Aaron Rodgers is 40 years old, that's still a great improvement over uh his quarterback situation from last year. And and that's he's true. not a rookie anymore. Um, so just yeah, considering the fact that what he was able to do as a rookie with a excuse me, a terrible quarterback situation, um, I think Garrett Wilson's legit. I do think he's a little a little overrated, but I do think he's legit. Um, the only thing I have to say against him is even though he's the clear wide receiver one, there's nobody competing for him with that wide receiver one uh, spot. The The wide receiver room in New York is pretty deep. Um, and so, you know, if, you know, Garrett Wilson's being double covered all game, Aaron Rodgers is going to be more than comfortable throwing to wide receiver two, wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Like the Jets are a team where I could, you know, you can expect to have big games from several different wide receivers. Um, Cause you know, you've got Alan Lazard, Corey Davis, Randall Cobb, Michael Hardman. And yeah, obviously none of those guys are going to be coming for Garrett Wilson's number one spot, but that's, that's a very deep and serviceable, you know, wide receiver two, three, four, five uh, kind of situation. Um, And so I think that, that more than anything could hurt Garrett Wilson's production. I think that's a good. Um, sure, I you know I, I like I like what you were saying there at the end. I didn't really think about that that point, but it kind of goes towards me. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to crucify you for taking Garrett Wilson if you do, but I wouldn't take him myself. I see. All right, so the last the last sort of bit of football we have for today's episode where we are segueing back to real life football um the 49ers quarterback situation um it looks like uh the dust has settled and we have a much clearer picture of how it's going to work out uh Brock Purdy's healthy and he's going to start and it looks like Trey Lance has uh lost not only the starting job um but also the 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 second string job to Sam Darnold which is heartbreaking you know i as a 49ers fan I hate seeing a uh in a, in a UCLA a a UCLA uh 49ers fan. I hate seeing um a a a bust coming out of USC uh end up benching uh the quarterback we drafted third overall. You know that that's that's just really terrible to see. Um Sam Darnold was hot garbage and to his credit, um he was 
not put in any situations to succeed whatsoever. So maybe he's a better quarterback than we've been able to tell because he's been playing, you know, for his whole career, he's been playing in terrible teams and terrible offenses. Um, but nonetheless, it's it's just breaking my heart to see Trey Lance not only lose the starting job, because um, I, I wanted Brock Purdy to start. I was always uh, in favor of Brock Purdy over Lance, but I did want Lance to be the backup over Darnold. Um, and it's 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 very upsetting to see um, to see Lance uh, lose lose that spot to Darnold. Um, something something I saw uh, Steve Young said today about Trey Lance. Um, this this is a Steve Young quote, and I, I do agree with it because I'm I'm still like I want like I want to see Trey Lance succeed. Um, what we want to do with him that well, we'll talk about that in a minute, and I, I sort of have a different opinion. But um, here's here's what Steve Young says about Trey Lance, and I, I I do agree with sort of the sentiment. People say he can't throw those swing passes. Come on. I think he's just in his head because he wants to be perfect. He's trying to win a spot that's not available. He's trying to survive. And I think it causes him a lot of emotional grief. And I think that's, I think that's well said from a quarterback who knows a thing or two, um, you know, Trey Lance is competing for this spot. He can't get. And if, if you're Trey Lance, it's like, what do you want him to do? You know, he's been, he just hasn't really gotten an opportunity because he keeps getting hurt. And the 49ers just keep spawning slightly better quarterbacks than him. And so Trey Lance has just never really gotten his chance. You know, the 49ers invested so much in him and he would have been ready to take that opportunity, but the cards just never really played out that way. Um, and that, that stinks for Trey Lance. And so I don't think Trey Lance is a bad quarterback. Um, I think sure, I'm unlucky and in a shit situation. Uh, I, I, I disagree with the point that he's not a bad quarterback, but but I do know what you're saying. I like, like you're saying that basically, you know, because he got knocked down now he's feeling so insecure because he needs to be perfect to win that spot. Otherwise he wouldn't win the spot. Even if he played okay, he wouldn't win the spot at this point because we have Purdy who's so solidified. But I would argue that just because, you know, you can't handle being put in a, a slightly bad situation doesn't mean that we should, think that you're a good quarterback like what we know is this Trey Lance has been put in a bad situation and he's played like shit right we can't say those things cancel out so he's actually a good quarterback right like like all we know is that he's been put in a bad situation and he played like garbage to me I think he's not a very good quarterback maybe if he was put in a better situation he wouldn't have played like garbage but this is the situation that he's in and he's playing like shit so I'm not gonna pretend like he's good um, I watched a 41 minute video on YouTube where this ex quarterback coach break break down every play that Trey Lance was a part of. He does this for all of these uh, these young quarterbacks who are playing in the preseason. And, you know, I got to see each play that it was it was sort of an analysis of the play calling itself, but then also what Trey Lance does in terms of his his looks. And man, I'm serious when I say. 80% of the 80% of the plays were here is a wide open wide receiver. Here's a wide open wide receiver right here. Here's another wide open wide receiver right here. And he gets sacked because he doesn't make the play because he doesn't, he doesn't pull the trigger and throw it or he takes a check down or he sails it. There was maybe two, maybe two correct plays that he made where it's like, okay, you know, this is the correct wide receiver. He's open. Let me make the throw. And he makes the throw. There was the other, the only other time where he like made the right call 
that in, in terms of this guy's quarterback mind opinion, it, it was very convincing, was a play where he threw what should have been an interception into the end zone that ended up being a touchdown. Yeah. Basically, no, he just had a terrible, terrible game. Maybe it's just a one-game situation, but I'm not sold on Trey Lance being a good quarterback, and I'm very nervous about him coming in the game, and I'm glad that he's the third string. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I think we can agree to disagree um, on how we think Trey – how good we think Trey Lance is. Um, it doesn't, well, it might matter because he might play when Darnold and Purdy get hurt, but um, what to do with, with Trey Lance, that's sort of a separate thing. And, you know, at, at first, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of ready to talk about that now. If, if, if you've gotten your shit off. Um, I'm done. Yeah. Um, at first I'm like, let's, let's trade Trey Lance. Cause you know, you know who this, you know, who I'm you were getting PTSD flashbacks of when we think of Trey Lance, it's James Wiseman. Um, this mm-hmm. dude has so far an identical, identical career arc to James Wiseman. Um, and you know, if, if the Warriors could go back and do James Wiseman differently, it would be trade him earlier. Um, and you know, or trade him as soon as possible. Um, and with, with Trey Lance, it's, you know, there, there's no reason, you know, if you're not the 49ers, there's no reason not to trade Trey Lance now, you know, try to get a second or third rounder out of him until he turns into a fifth or sixth rounder. Um, the thing is, though, the 49ers have a tendency to go through a lot of quarterbacks through the course of one season. And if if last season uh, taught us one lesson, it's that you don't want to have to rely on Josh Johnson for a playoff game. I'd rather have Trey Lance. I'd rather have the third overall pick than Josh Johnson in the NFC championship. Um and if you're the 49ers, you, you have to be prepared to play your third string quarterback at some point in the season. So that, you know, warrants some some discussion on whether, you know, whether we want whether we think he's worth holding on to or whether we think, you know, we want to trade him before his value depreciates even more. Honestly, I'm of the opinion that we should just get rid of him now. I'm, I'm you know, I think that if we can get like a third round draft pick for him, I would take it. Um, the other option though, is, you know, trade him for another quarterback, you know, someone who's more consistent, someone who's more proven because we saw with the 49ers, you know, you kind of need a third stringer and we're going to need a second stringer. We're probably also going to need a third stringer. Um, so if we could go out and get another player, hopefully better than Sam Darnold, um, and maybe a pick out of it as well, that would make me happy. Um, you know, I'm still, I'm still hopeful that he'll put it together. He does have like athletically like he's a good runner and he knows how to make some plays um so so i'm you know i'm hoping maybe that will that will eventually come through right um, well, and I, but, I just but think- if we can if we have a situation in front of us where we can flip him for something that's valuable right now i would do it yeah um yeah i think i think flipping him for something that's valuable right now though isn't a pick um and I think that's kind of all the 49ers are going to be able to get from him at this point. You know, I, I, I personally believe whatever the 49ers saw in him to draft him third overall, I do think that's still there. I don't know what that is, but I think it's still there. Um, but if, you know, if, if you're not trading him for a pick, what player would you want to get for him? And could we realistically get him for Trey Lance? That's a good question. Um, I would go around the league and think, what's the best? Who's the best backup right now in the league? And you know, I'm not Gardner, you know, Gardner sure. Minshew, Mike White, would Trey Lance? Minshew, like, would, 
Minshew would be great. I really like Minshew. I think he's good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, Mike White's okay. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I just don't know. Right. I, just, I really wish that there was a team out there. You know, it, it, this is not this is not me. I'm just saying that if 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 the 49ers can figure out a way that they can can do something like that, I think that they should. If not, you know, and he ends up being the third string. I I'm just calling the situation like it is, which is this: I don't think he's good enough to be the quarterback for the 49ers right now, and I'm okay with it. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not I'm not considering Trey Lance as the third overall pick anymore. I'm considering yeah. Trey Lance as this is he's a quarterback on the 49ers. You think he's a bust? I'm not saying he's a bust. Sounds like that's what you're we'll saying. We'll see. We will see. Uh, I was saying that by the end of this year, we will know whether or not Trey Lance is a bust and he's teetering right now. He's sort of on that. It's 2021 and James Wiseman isn't that good. And, he, you know, we're like, yeah, we're right there. He's, he's at that stage. Like, hmm, hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, I think that's pretty accurate. My thing is, you know, I, I, I don't, I think it's going to be really difficult to find a trade partner where, you know, we can get something worthwhile out of Trey Lance. You know, it's like, I'm almost at the point where like, I think his trade value has depreciated so much already that, you know, coupled with the fact that it's just hard to find a trade partner, you know, a situation where we can get, you know, like, even though he might not be worth that much on our team, that still might be worth more than whatever we can get for him in a trade because there just, there aren't, you know, it's not really a market for him. Um, And I think, you know, it's like at this point, he's our, he's, he is our third string quarterback. And just because we've already invested a ton in him doesn't mean that like, doesn't mean we can get that back. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so my yeah. thing is, you know, it's like, there's, I think there's more, I think there's more sense in holding on to him just in case that we need him than cashing out on him for some mid round draft picks who can't play third string quarterback when our first two guys get hurt. That's fair. I think that's very fair. Very, very, very fair. And and in terms of the what we gave up for him, I consider it like this: we gave up it's a second, gone. a third. We gave up a second, a third, and a fourth round draft pick to get Christian McCaffrey. That was a steal. Yeah, in my opinion. yeah. So <laughs> I agree. we got we I got agree. we got fleece on one, and we got steal on the other. So we're we're going. The the universe balances out. Yeah. Yes. So I think um. I think, yeah, any, any world where Trey Lance retains his value of, of what we gave up to give him, I would want to trade him. Um, and it's a little difficult to accept, but I don't think that's the world we live in anymore. So I'm in the place where it's just like, let's just keep him because if he does become needed, that becomes way better. That becomes way more valuable than the third or fourth, the third rounder we're going to get yeah. by cashing out on him who, you know, it's, it's some kid who's, on summer vacation right now it's like let's just keep yeah. Trey Lance. like like the the just in case we need him means more to this 49ers team currently than a future third round pick i think you're right you're right um who can't play quarterback in a playoff game when the first two guys get hurt yes all right so i think i think we're going to switch gears here to our uh our bread and butter as it as it has been uh the nba world and not much has happened uh, since our last episode, but one thing that has happened is that Chef Harden has reignited his his uh, metaphorical stove um, while touring China. Um, he called James Morey a liar, uh, word for word, and he did it twice. Errol, but yes, he did. He did. Is that not what I said? 
You said James, but but that's, I said James Morey. Besides the point. Besides the point. Huh, I didn't um, even notice that. Daryl Morey. He said he said Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will not be a part of any organization that he is a part of. <laughs> Pretty Twice. good move. He repeated. Pretty good move. <laughs> yeah, um, your move, Daryl. By James Harden. He's yes. you know James Harden is an elite chess master when it comes to getting traded. Hall of Fame gaslighter. He's he's so good at this. Um, yeah. You know he's done he's done it all, man. He's done yeah. it all. He's been there. He's done that. And and this is this is just the next iteration of James Harden James Harden's greatness. This is sort of his legacy at this point. Yeah. He's not going to win anything yeah. in the playoffs, but yeah. he's going to <laughs> cause trouble. So yeah. at this point, uh, I don't know what team wants James Harden because he's declining. You know, he's not as good as he once was. He's older and he has this attitude issue that you don't want really in your locker room, especially yeah. for young guys. Like you can't say, well, I think he's, oh, we're going to bring in James Harden as this veteran presence to teach the young guys yeah, how to play in the NBA. To, to shine like, a light and guide the way no. for, our, for, our, yeah, for our young guys. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I agree that James Harden's uh, negative externalities might outweigh what he contributes. But um, this, this is what, this is what I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, I'm I'm definitely putting on my my Woj hat um when I when I sort of talk about this, but um this was this is something I saw from a from a sports social media guy I like. His name is Frank Michael Smith. Um shout out if you're listening. Um he, you know, it's like what what does James Harden mean? Like, let's actually look into what he's saying. What does James Harden mean when he's calling Daryl Morey a liar? Well, let's let's rewind, let's rewind a year. Last year when he was a free agent, um, he took, uh, you know, he he didn't sign a Supermax. He took a short-term team-friendly deal uh, to help Philly build a contender. We know what happened. And um, this is this is the theory that's sort of been circulating around. Um, Daryl Morey convinced James Harden to take a short-term team-friendly deal. And then next year, now this year, uh, he would offer him a Supermax or a Max or whatever he's eligible for. Um, and then he didn't do that. Um, and that I think really upset James Harden. That's why he's calling him a liar. And if that is the case, if the NBA investigates this and finds out that's what happened, that is hugely against the rules. That's very, very bad. Um, the Timberwolves did it back in the nineties with some dude. I don't remember his name. It wasn't Kevin Garnett and the Timberwolves only had two kinds of players in the nineties, Kevin Garnett and not Kevin Garnett. Um, yes. And yes, they did it with one of their not Kevin Garnett's um, and they got uh, to that point, the biggest fine in NBA history um, for doing it there. They were investigated and found guilty of doing it. Um, and um, it sort of seems like that's that could be what just happened. In, that could be what's happened in Philadelphia. Um, that's, you know, like James Hart, like, you know, it, it might not be super obvious, but like when you look into it, there was sort of like this like cryptic you know, leading on to something more element, you know, there, there's, there's more at play here. There's more afoot. Um, when James Harden calls Daryl Morey a liar. Cause like, you don't just say that to, well, maybe you could say that just to stir, stir the pot and just shit stir. Um, but it, it does sort of open the door to be like, Ooh, there could be something bigger going on here. Um, so I'm not going to say you heard it here first because I heard it somewhere first somewhere else, but you heard it here second on unentitled sports. Um, I, I think I just heard it for the first time. So that's maybe you did hear actually, it first on unentitled sports. I, I heard it first on unentitled sports. <laughs> um, that's actually a really interesting take and I really like it. I think that's like, that could make a lot of sense. 
Yeah. And, th- and this could be, you know, and we on Untitled Sports love NBA drama. And maybe maybe this is wishful thinking. Maybe this is us looking for NBA drama where it doesn't actually exist. So we have something to talk about on the podcast. But maybe um, if if there's truth to this, um, it could be huge tea. Um, it could be controversy. It could be drama. It could be something everybody's talking about, um, which, you know, so it's it's something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I we might we might be looking back on this moment as a uh, as a Brian Windhorse situation. Yeah, yeah. No, like like this this could be unentitled sports first piece of like groundbreaking investigative journalism. And like, you know, and again, I don't want to say maybe you didn't hear it here first. I didn't hear sponsored, it sponsored, but I'm sure some of you sponsored by someone on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but maybe maybe uh maybe our viewers here heard it here first. But it would be cool if like we could talk about this, you know, this big thing that everyone's going to be talking about it before everyone talks about it. This could be our moment. Just saying. This could be it. This could be it. This could be it. All right. In the uh, in the spirit of summer fun and games, um, we're just going to do one draft today. Uh, no tic-tac-toe, no immaculate grid. Uh, but today's draft, we're going to be drafting a starting lineup of NBA players um, by decade. So you can draft, you know, one decade of a player. So, you know, 90s Jordan. 2010 LeBron, 2000s Kobe, uh, so on and so forth. Um, and you know we're gonna we're gonna draft the best possible uh, lineup using that. Um, and you can only use each decade once. So if you draft the 90s version of a player, you can't draft any other 90s versions of a player, and you can't draft the same player twice too. You can't draft like 2000s LeBron and 2010 LeBron. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If Actually, here, here's a rule that I want your in- input on, Lucas. Let's say I draft 2000s LeBron. Can you draft 2010 LeBron, or can um, only one player be eligible? I think it'd be more fun. Eligible? I think it'd be more fun if we can if we can do that. Like if if I could also draft 2010s LeBron. Like because if then I if draft that 2000s happens, LeBron. Yeah, because then if that happens, then people that would be the debate. You know, that people would be like, oh, what's better, 20, 2000s oh. or 2010s? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see. All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's do it then. Um, Lucas, you want, you want heads or tails? Uh, give me tails. Cool. And then do we want to do snake or do we want to do like just regular alternating? Cause it's only a two person draft. Let's do snake. Let's just do snake. So basically we just get, we get two picks in a row after the first pick. Huh. I think that's kind of dumb. Fine. Let's just, let's just fine, do, let's fine. just do alternating. Um, okay. you're taking tails. Yeah. Cool. Let me uh, let me share my screen so you know you know I'm legit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Screen is shared. Heads or tails. Preparing the flip. Okay. Good. Flipping. 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 It is tails. tails. Let's go. All right. All right. I'm going '90s Jordan. 90s Jordan. All right. That that's uh that's that's the right pick. Um all right. Are you are you writing this down anywhere? I'll write it down. I'll write it down. Uh, you got it? Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll write it down. We'll both write it down. Why not? All right. And you're gonna play him at the two. Yeah, he'll be the two. All right, 90s. MJ. All right. Mm-hmm. My first pick, I'm going to go 2010 LeBron. I'm going to put him at the three for now. 2010 LeBron. Okay. Yeah. And how about, um? I know I know, we're just throwing rules out there willy-nilly, but how about you each get one retroactive position change? So let's say I want to put sure. LeBron at the point. You can do that, but you only get to do it once. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with 
Uh, I'm going to go with 2010 Steph Curry. 2010 Steph Curry. Okay. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, I'm not surprised to hear it, but that, that's a good pick. And mm-hmm. Curry. All right. I'm sort of between two picks right now. Um, I know. Actually, you know what? Oh, but I don't have to worry about you taking a shooting guard anymore. Hmm. True. Hmm. You take Kobe later. I could take Kobe later. Um, yeah, so you're you're going you're going for the front court. Who do I think? I mean, I can let you have I need a shooter. I do need a shooter. Um give me a stuff i'm gonna go here's what i'm gonna do i'm not saying i think this is the fourth best player of all time but i think the way that this draft is going to play out i think this is going to be the player that i need i'm going to go 2000s tim duncan okay good pick i was i was i was like whoever you're going to take i'm going to take the other one so i'm going to go with 2000s Shaq at center yes cool um Um, all right. So the, the two positions I have, um, or sorry, the, the three positions that I need to draft, you've already drafted. So I, <laughs> I, I guess, for, I guess I'm just drafting best available now. Um, yes. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with, hmm. so I can't. I have to pick a player from the 90s, 80s, 70s, or 20s. Or the 60s. Or the 60s. Bill Russell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any good 90s? You should take um, 2030s Bronny James. Yes, yes. Give me give me Amon Thompson, 20s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with... I'm at the center. I'm going to go 70s Kareem. 70s Kareem. Okay. All right. Um, at my four, I'm going to go with 2020s Giannis. 2020s Giannis. I see. Think at my. All right, I need I need shooting. Badly. Um, Wait, so now I now I have to pick someone who's in a different era, right? Uh, yeah, you got You got to go eighties, seventies, or sixties. Seven years of sixties, three. That's interesting. Yeah, should I should I just should I just swipe Julius Irving? Put him just so you don't have a yeah. you don't have another small forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Um, let's see. Let's see. So I've got, I do have the twenties. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I could go Luca at one of my guard spots, um, for some shooting. Um, let's see. I got Luca. I could go like Luca and magic. I could go. I mean, what other good guards were there from the eighties and before? Not many. 
If you want shooting, you could take, uh, you could take Iverson. What decade though? Wait, I don't have a nineties player yet. What the fuck? Yeah, take a nineties player. <laughs> I forgot. I, I forgot. I don't have a nineties player. Um, nineties AI wasn't like he was drafted in ninety six. He wasn't great. Or well, yeah, he wasn't all that in the nineties. You know what I might do? I might go Pippen. Pippen? Okay. Yeah, because like, like like the 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 best nineties players, none of them are guards. You could go Clyde. Um, what are the good '90s players? Stockton, he was good. Um, but I need shooting. Um, um, hmm. Could go Larry Bird at the two. Bird's pretty big, but yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Larry '80s Larry Bird at the two. Hey, didn't he play like the four? Um, me. Pretty sure he was a three-four. Larry but. Bird. How tall is he? He's six foot nine. Ooh, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm not gonna go Larry Bird at the two. Tall. I'm not gonna go Larry Bird at the two. Oh, you know what I could do? I'm gonna use my position change. LeBron's playing point. LeBron is playing point. Yep. Wow. Wow. That's a very interesting take. We're doing an all-time draft, and you, you have LeBron as your point guard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to go there. 80s, 80s bird at three. Okay. All right. All right. So you need a small so, forward. I do, but I would like to use a position change. Mm -hmm. um, and let me know if this is allowed within the rules. What I would like to do what I would like to do is draft Magic Johnson, put him as my one, and then slot the other two down. Um, that's two position changes. So I'm that is how is it two though? Because because you're changing Curry's and MJ's position. But it's an open position. It's an open position. Huh? <laughs> no, it's not. The the position of point guard and shooting guard are currently not open because you filled them. <laughs> no, but but then I, what I would be doing is I would be swapping and uh uh, I was swapping fucking magic into the one, which then leaves the three open. Right. For players who have already, you've already given positions to. <laughs> Sorry, man. I don't make the, oh, wait, I do make the rules. <laughs> okay. All right. Then I guess I'll just do doc Dr. J at the three. Dr. J? Cool. 70s? Yeah. Yep. All right. Shooting guard. I think I'm going to go 20s, Luca. 20s, 1920. Um, yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. Okay. We've got some good teams. Yes, we do. So, These are some pretty good teams. Yep. So, uh, Lucas's team from top to bottom, we've got 2010 Steph, 90s MJ, 70s uh, Julius Irving, 20s Giannis, and 2000s Shaq. I have, I kind of wish I took 90s Hakeem instead of uh, Kareem, but whatever. Um, they're both good. I have 2010s LeBron, 
2020s Luca, 1980s Larry Bird, 2000s Tim Duncan, and 70s Kareem. I'm not going to lie, Ryan. I think I'm going to dominate this draft. I think I think it's going to be it's not going to be too close. I think your Luca pick. Oof, that's not that's not the best pick. Not a good pick. Who who would you have taken? Because there weren't many good. I mean, I wouldn't have structured. I could have. I mean, 90s 90s Kobe. I don't think was a good enough player to take. I think it probably would have been honestly. I mean, okay, I don't know because 90s Kobe is a good. Well, 90s Kobe is much better at as two than than Luca, um, but. I don't know. I just feel like I would have taken someone in 2020 who's better. Who's who's better? Okay. Who like who's 2020s decade has been better than me? Oh, Jokic would have been a good pick. Oh, I should have taken Jokic. I mean, Jokic, but then but then Jokic, she kind of he kind of dominates your whole offense. Like that's sort of I don't know. Um, like I would think Kawhi, but like Kawhi would be better in 2010s. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, quite. I'm not sure. Shit. You could have taken KD. The 20s. You know, I, I, I would have. KD is a two. I could have been. Yeah. At the two. Uh, here's the thing, though. If if you shit on me for taking Larry Bird at the two, you would have shit on me for taking KD at the two. Oh, KD is a better two than Larry Bird. I don't know about that. He's a better shooter. He moves it's close. Well. He's uh, better. You you'd want him defensively playing, not the two, right? You'd want defensively. You want KD playing the four, or the five. But I don't know. And I already Whatever. already have we will see. already have a yeah, yeah, I guess we will see. I think um yeah, Loki <laughs> Loki, I I I I I don't think uh you, you probably yeah, I think you beat me. Um shouldn't be saying that on record. It, all but, it is 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 having LeBron as the point guard and then having Luca. That that to me is like if you're doing an all-time draft, it's like hmm. Yeah. I think what I would do if I could go back and do it differently, mm-hmm. um I would I would have taken you know what I might maybe have done. Actually, I don't know what I might maybe would have done. Yeah, I don't 2020 know. Shea. Yep, 2020 Shea. Yep. yep. Um yeah, I think uh I think taking 2020's Jokic would have been a better pick. And then and then have a real shooting guard. Yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, yeah, yeah, I don't really like my team. Whatever. You can't win them all. The people will decide. The people will decide. All right. Solid episode for episode 20 of Unentitled Sports. You know, from episode one to episode 20. Uh, it's it's been a blast, and we're we're looking forward to the next 20 episodes. Uh, so thanks to everyone who's been a listener. Um, 20 up, 20 down. And we appreciate you all, and we'll see you next time. Peace out.